Welcome to Cryptozoology with Dr. Daisy. I'm Dr. Daisy Fiore, and I research, write, and read everything you hear on this podcast. I hold a PhD in anthrozoology, an MA in anthropology, and a long fascination with the world's lost and undiscovered creatures. So join me on a journey to explore what may be lurking in the corners of this fascinating place we call planet Earth. Welcome back, listeners. As promised, this episode is the second in my two-part musing on the Mothman. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, I do recommend you listen to that first for the background on the Mothman legend. As a quick recap, Mothman is the name given to a flying, vaguely humanoid, winged creature with glowing red eyes first spotted in Point Pleasant, West Virginia in 1966 and 1967. A little over a year of sightings culminated in the collapse of the Silver Bridge, which claimed 46 lives. This led to a belief that the Mothman may have been an omen or warning. Last month, I attended the annual Mothman Festival in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And let me just say, it was an absolute blast. Whatever your opinions on the legend, the festival was a weekend of food, fun, and great people. The local artisans were amazing, and I haven't had such a blast in a long time. I also got to visit the one and only Mothman Museum. While less of a museum and more of a collection of vaguely Mothman-related stuff, it was fascinating and absolutely worth a look. I was particularly interested in looking over the newspaper clippings they had from the time of the original sightings. I was somewhat surprised to see how many of them seemed fairly sure that Mothman was some kind of bird. Many of the contemporary articles even mentioned cranes. At the time, most were calling it the Birdman or the Owlman. I also had a chance to hear from a contemporary witness who was a teenager at the time of the original sightings. I'm not going to mention her name, but I found her story really interesting, and there are a few parts I want to call attention to. The first is that she and her boyfriend went out to the TNT area specifically to look for the Mothman, or the Birdman or Owlman as he was being called then. Apparently, all that year, hordes of teenagers were going out there to search for him and probably make out in their cars, honestly. Even today, Point Pleasant is not a town with a whole lot to do. So if you were a teenager in 1967 looking for a night out, it seems like this was the thing to do. When that many people are staring at the sky, they're bound to see some odd things. This witness has a very long story and is positive she encountered a UFO and that Mothman came out of said UFO. As we know, I do not tend to comment on UFOs. However, a few things struck me about that aspect of her story. First, she claimed during the encounter she had missing time and she has undergone regression hypnosis to recover those memories. She did not undergo this by a neutral party, but by a member of the UFO UFO group she was in. I find this a bit concerning. Memory is, on the best of days, reconstructive. When combined with hypnosis, people are extremely susceptible to suggestion. If someone suggested she saw a UFO, she may have reconstructed the lost memories that way, even if it wasn't entirely true. Her boyfriend also did not see the UFO, even though she claimed it was very large and that they saw it over a very long time period. 
I do, however, believe she saw or experienced something. She seemed very genuine and unlikely to be making it all up. I was also struck by her recounting of the night of the Silver Bridge disaster and the trauma associated with it. While in Point Pleasant, I visited the TNT area myself and even went in one of the storage igloos where hazardous waste was once kept. My first thought was it would be a sick place for a party. And I feel like the local teens probably use it for exactly that. But driving out there, I made another major observation that brought into question an aspect of the first Mothman sighting. The roads around the TNT area are not good. Even today, many are gravel, and the ones that are paved are narrow and very curvy. There's no shoulder and no room for error while driving. An erratic driver would go off the side of the road and not recover from that. I felt like I was going fairly fast in the area, but when I looked at my speedometer, I was only going 30. In the original sighting where two couples were driving in the TNT area and spotted Mothman, they claimed as they drove away, he kept up with their car, even though they claimed they were going 100 miles an hour. This has led people to claim Mothman couldn't be a bird because he couldn't fly that fast. After driving the area, and I'm sure the roads were nowhere near as good in 1966 as they are in 2023, there's simply no way those kids, scared and probably glancing over their shoulder, were going 100 miles an hour. They would not have made it back to town. They would have crashed. More likely, they were going faster than usual on that road, and their fear made it feel like they were moving much quicker than they were. I honestly doubt they could have done more than 40 miles an hour, but let's give them major props and say they made it up to 50 miles an hour. That is still within the flight speed of a whooping crane. They've even been observed making it to 60 miles per hour with a good tailwind. I also heard a fascinating talk about John Keel. Keel is the author of the Mothman Prophecies and was present in Point Pleasant during the original sightings. Mothman legend and lore is heavily influenced by him and what he wrote in his book and at the time. I also feel like the claims people made at the time might have been influenced by his presence. Keel had a belief that all UFO and cryptid and other paranormal phenomenon were related, and he wanted to prove that. It's never a good idea to go in with an idea already formed. He also had a bit of a history of invention and sensationalization in his journalism. Apparently, while reporting for the army, when he couldn't find any interesting generals to report on, he simply made them up. So he was perhaps not the most neutral or reliable reporter. Keel has an interesting story about how he believed something terrible was going to happen and was prepared for it. And when he heard about the Silver Bridge disaster, he knew Mothman had been warning about it. It's an interesting story that certainly made the book and the movie more compelling. But is that all it is? We may never know. The last Mothman theory I want to address is one I saw in a lot of the old newspaper clippings. Many of them call the creature the Owl Man and theorized he might be an owl. At the festival, the owl theory was a bit of a joke, and honestly, I have to agree. My day job, when I'm not bringing the weird and wonderful to all of you lovely people, is working at a bird of prey center. I literally see owls every day and work with glove-trained ones. 
from itty bitty eastern screech owls all the way to great horned owls. There are too many aspects of Mothman that don't fit with an owl. First, owls are native to the area. Though they're not spotted frequently, people should be fairly used to the idea of owls around, especially in a large natural area like the TNT area, that people wouldn't be too shocked by seeing them. We're also exposed to owls from the time we're kids. Though seeing one might be a surprise at first, it only takes a second to identify and you know what you're looking at. You've seen them in every storybook since you were little. They also aren't large enough. The largest owl commonly found in West Virginia is the great horned owl. They have a decent wingspan, up to almost five feet, but they're short. Maximum height is two feet tall. Many eyewitnesses claim to see Mothman standing on the side of the road before it flew. An owl standing on the road is, for one thing, very strange, but also not that noticeable, and definitely not human-sized. Eye color is also a problem. The great horned owl is very noticeable because of its bright yellow eyes. Yellow was never reported. If Mothman's eye color was mentioned, it was red. The only owl with red eyes is the Stygian owl, and it's from Central and South America, and they're not very big. Finally, many Mothman eyewitnesses reported hearing wing beats. That's the nail in the coffin for the owl theory to me. Owls are specially adapted to silent flight. You would not hear an owl flying, whether it was by your car or above you in the forest. Their whole hunting strategy is silence. If there's one thing I'm confident on, it's that Mothman is not an owl. After my visit, I'm actually more convinced that the crane theory I proposed in the last episode has merit. I didn't find anything that would make it impossible, and the other theories are far less likely. But then again, there's always new evidence that could come out. One thing is for sure, I've had a fantastic time researching this one. Check out my Facebook at Cryptozoology with Dr. Daisy for photos and videos from the festival and around Point Pleasant. And if you're ever in West Virginia in September, stop by Mothman Festival. I promise you won't regret it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Cryptozoology with Dr. Daisy. For more content, follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also follow me on Facebook and YouTube or subscribe to the blog at CryptozoologyWithDrDaisy.com. I'll see you next time and don't forget to keep exploring. After all, you never know what you might find out there.